Hey everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's case is out of Darlington, Indiana. I'm recovering from a summer cold, so forgive me if my voice is a little off today, but alas, small talk sucks, so let's dive in. Brandy Zell and Jason Worley were the kind of couple that made sense to everyone. They dated for a hot minute in their 20s, and by 2007, they were engaged. Their engagement wasn't one of those rushes to the altar. They took their time, planned their wedding, and in August of 2009, they were officially Mr. and Mrs. Worley. Just in time, too, because a month later, Brandy and Jason welcomed their first child into the world, Tyler. Tyler gave them a bit of a scare in the beginning because he wasn't due for another 10 weeks, but he made it through and Brandy and Jason made it through as well. The Journal and Courier says that it was at that moment the couple decided no matter what, their children and their future children would always come first, before each other and even before their marriage. After Tyler was released from the hospital, the two decided that Brandy would leave her job and become a stay-at-home mom while Jason supported the family as a software engineer. He worked long and hard hours, but by 2013, they were able to buy a quaint little three-bedroom house in Darlington. We've talked about small towns before, but this small town makes all other small towns look like Los Angeles. It has a staggering population of around 850 people, and it's so small that they don't even measure it in square miles. It's measured in acres. But they were down for the small town life, and the small town life seemed to suit them well. Everyone knew everyone, the neighbors looked out for one another, and more than a town, it felt like a family, which was great because they were about to add to theirs. In September of 2013, just after Tyler's fourth birthday, Brandy and Jason welcomed a little girl into the world, Tyler's baby sister, Charlie. Their family was now complete. They were happily married, they had a home of their own, and they had a son and a daughter. I mean, what more could they ask for? Over the years, little Tyler became Jason 2.0, a little mini-me version of his father who was a social butterfly and loved computers as much as his dad did. And Charlie was exactly herself from the day she was born. She was sassy and beautiful and loved to dance. And while they seemed like the perfect little family, as the years went by, the marriage between Brandy and Jason fizzled. Jason suggested counseling several times, but Brandy wasn't interested, and they'd made that promise years prior to put the kids before themselves and their marriage, so Jason pushed through, hoping things would eventually get better. But they didn't. In the fall of 2016, Jason made a Reddit post under the name Jason in Hell. He posted that he was having a hard time coping with the fact that his wife had cheated on him with his neighbor. It all began in May of 2016 when Jason noticed that Brandy had changed her password on her phone. He asked her about it and she told him that she'd done it because she was planning his Father's Day gift and didn't want him finding out what it was. She wound up giving in and told him that she was having their neighbor, who was a contractor, build him an office, which sounded great. But as time went on, Jason noticed that whenever Brandy would check her phone, she was smiling. And smiling isn't a crime, but something felt off. 
So one day when Brandy was going to take a shower, he grabbed her phone before it could lock, you know, just to take a peek. And there it was. Jason found texts between Brandy and the neighbor that were definitely not about contracting. In one particular text, Brandy asked the neighbor, I'm covered in frosting. You want to lick it off? Seeing what he saw, even then, Jason did his best to brush it off and justify it. He chalked it up to Brandy's perverted sense of humor because he couldn't imagine that his wife would ever actually cheat on him. I think it's easy to wonder how in the world he could make himself believe that, but Jason and Brandy were married, they had two kids and a house, and in the back of his mind, Jason always remembered that promise to put the kids before anything. So just like he had in the past, he tried to move past this. And try as he did, he couldn't ignore the fact that the neighbor was coming over more and more frequently. Meanwhile, less and less work was being done on the office. Jason's suspicions only grew when he noticed Brandy turning off her shared location at random times. Jason needed to know once and for all if something was going on, so he installed an app on Brandy's phone that gave him her location. It also gave him live access to any text that she was sending or receiving. Dude turned into the FBI real quick. The day after Jason installed this app, his mom asked to take the kids for the day, so Brandy was going to be home alone. This was the moment where he would see what exactly she would choose to do with this time. Would she take naps all day? Would she binge-watch Desperate Housewives? Would she stay in her PJs all day until Jason texted her he was on his way home and then flash change into real clothes and hyperspeed throw a load of laundry in the wash? No. No, she wouldn't. Instead, Brandy started texting the neighbor trying to get him to come to their house while Jason was gone. The neighbor was working that day, so he shut that shit down, but only temporarily. Later that night, after both Jason and the neighbor got home from work, there was a dinner date. Who went? Jason, Brandy, the neighbor, the neighbor's son, and the neighbor's girlfriend. The awkward at this dinner was at a Tyrannosaurus level. At this dinner, Brandy and the neighbor's girlfriend were like two peas in a pod, which I'm having a hard time even processing. Brandy was cheating on her husband with this girl's boyfriend and they were BFFing it up. They even decided that they were going to ditch the guys and go see a movie together. Magic Mike XXL of all movies. The girls going to the movie left Jason, the neighbor, and the neighbor's son by themselves. They wound up going back to Jason and Brandy's house so Tyler and the neighbor's son could play video games until the ladies got back. Jason was literally sitting across the couch from the man he knew his wife was cheating on him with when Brandy started texting the neighbor about all the different sexual acts she wanted to perform on him. She even texted the neighbor that she loved him, and the neighbor was texting her right back. This was all while Jason, in real time, was getting a copy of every single message. Somehow he managed to keep his composure. Even when Brandy took a break from her new gal pal to slide into the movie theater bathroom and please herself, which she snapchatted a photo of to the neighbor and Jason. This dude's self-control was out of this world. 
Jason waited until his wife and the neighbor's girlfriend got home, made sure all the kids were in the back room, and then in front of all parties involved, straight up asked Brandy, So you two love each other, huh? It's at this point that the neighbor's girlfriend went ahead and smacked her boyfriend. Brandy, of course, denied everything, but Jason had receipts, so he showed her the text and she changed her tune. She told him it was the first time it had happened and it had gone too far. Okay, cool, but Jason wasn't done. He asked her if she'd sent the neighbor pictures, which, of course, again, she denied. Jason dropped back in with the receipts and showed her the bathroom rendezvous she had with herself, and again, she said it was the first time. And the last question of cheating Jeopardy, Jason asked Brandy if she had had sex with the neighbor, and she said no. He didn't have proof of this one, so he just let it go. At this point, Jason was done and told Brandy that he was leaving her. But Brandy wasn't about to let that happen. Brandy told Jason that if he left her, he would never see Tyler or Charlie again. She said that she would use his suicide attempt from back in high school to prove that he was unfit to have the children. After that threat, she essentially blamed her entire affair on Jason, saying she'd done it because he was always so busy and stressed with work and she needed someone to talk to. Brandy decided that she was in control of this situation and told Jason that he needed to decide then and there what he was going to do or she would decide for him with the options that she had provided. He either had to stay with her lying, cheating ass or never see his kids again. And in the most stay-in-your-lane turn of events in the history of infidelity, the neighbor's girlfriend decides that now's the time to start butting in. She told Jason and Brandy that they were too perfect for each other to break up. Yes, this was the woman who had just slapped her boyfriend. Anywho, Brandy and Jason argued for the rest of the night about whether they were going to stay together or get a divorce, and after a shitstorm of a weekend, they settled on the idea that at the very least, they were going to separate until they figured things out. Jason stayed at the house while Brandy and the kids went to her mom's. The following Monday, Jason went to work as usual, and while he was in a meeting, he got a text from his wife. She said that she'd explained things to the kids, and now it was his turn. When Jason got home that evening, both Tyler and Charlie were crying. Brandy had told them that Mommy had to move out because Daddy was mad at her. Seven-year-old Tyler thought that if Mommy had to move out because Daddy was mad at her and he had gone with Mommy, Daddy must be mad at him, too. Jason realized that Brandy was going to drag the kids through hell if he left her, so like he'd done before, he says he swallowed his feelings and begged her to stay. That's the control that Brandy was able to assert over the consequences of her own actions. In true Jason fashion, when he committed to letting shit go, he gave it the real college try. And at the insistence of Brandy, he actually went over to the neighbor's house and apologized to him. Over the next few months, that neighbor actually came to their house for things like birthday parties and holiday parties. 
It didn't seem like any respectful boundaries were drawn, just Jason playing his part in the Brandy show, and the more the time passed, the more Jason wondered if he would ever be able to make Brandy happy enough to not cheat on him again. And while it had nothing to do with Jason and everything to do with Brandy doing what Brandy wants, Brandy did it again. On Father's Day of 2017, of all days, Brandy sent yet another photo of herself to the neighbor. She claimed it was an accident and that she meant to send it to Jason, and again, Jason gave her the benefit of the doubt and tried to move past it. In Jason's post to Reddit, he says that four more months went by as he tried to keep the peace and find any happiness in his marriage, but it just wasn't there. He couldn't sleep and was constantly questioning whether or not he made the right decision to stay. In his mind, and on Reddit, his only real safe place to discuss this, Jason considered divorce. But he was worried that if he changed his mind now and finally filed for it, that Brandy would only be more vindictive to him, Tyler, and Charlie. Jason waited it out as long as he could, but after a couple more weeks, he was done. He made an appointment with an attorney and started talking to Brandy about what life would look like if they split, more specifically, visitation and living arrangements. He told Brandy that she could stay at the house until she got a job and could financially support herself because he was trying to make this transition as easy on her as possible. I mean, through everything, he still cared about her. He just didn't care to be with her. On November 15, 2017, the Journal and Courier reports that Jason officially filed for divorce. He was finally breaking free and now more than ever was putting the kids first. They were going to have happy parents, even if that meant they weren't happy together. As Dr. Phil says, kids would rather be from a broken home than live in one. The following day started off as normal as any other. Brandy took Tyler and Charlie to her mom's house and spent the day there, and when Jason got home from work, they all went to Charlie's dance practice and after grabbed some dinner. When they got home, they all played together in the living room, and at one point in the evening, the Journal and Courier reports that Brandy said she needed to run to Walmart for a second to get some pipe cleaners for a project Tyler had. But when Brandy went to the store for those pipe cleaners, she bought a knife, and not just any knife— According to WRTV, Brandy bought a K-Bar-style combat knife. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reports that when Brandy got home, she ran upstairs to Tyler's bedroom and hid the knife in there, and then everything went back to normal. The playing continued, Jason gave the kids a bath and put them in their pajamas, and as he was heading downstairs to the basement to go to bed, Brandy told him that he could sleep on the couch if he wanted. He passed and, according to the Journal and Courier, gave the kids a kiss, told them he loved them, and that he'd see them in the morning and headed downstairs. In the middle of the night that night, technically the early morning hours of the 17th, Brandy woke seven-year-old Tyler up out of his sleep and told him that he was going to have a sleepover in his little sister Charlie's room. But once he got in there, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reports that Brandy straddled him and began repeatedly stabbing him in the neck. The attack woke three-year-old Charlie up, who asked her mom what she was doing. Brandy told her nothing, so she went back to sleep. 
Once Brandy had killed her son, she went over to Charlie and did the exact same thing. Tyler and Charlie were dead at the hands of their mother, and their father, Jason, had no idea. He was still asleep in the basement, thinking that he was going to wake up in a couple of hours and kiss his kids before he went off to work. After killing her two children, Brandy called her mom, and it's not entirely clear what she told her, but it doesn't look like her mom knew much. What we do know is that she told Brandy to call 911. So as calm as can be, Brandy walked into the living room, sat down, and dialed 911. You can hear a recording of the call on WRTV Indianapolis. When the dispatcher asked Brandy what her emergency was, with no emotion whatsoever, she said, I just stabbed myself and killed my kids. She said they were both on the floor in Charlie's room. Without batting an eye, she told the dispatcher that she'd done it because her husband wanted a divorce and to take her kids, and she wouldn't let him have her kids. The dispatcher was doing his best to maintain his composure and keep her on the line as long as possible and asked Brandy if she was bleeding. She responded with, yeah, there's blood everywhere. He asked her if she was still armed with the knife, and Brandy said no, that it was still in Charlie's room. The dispatcher asked if there was anyone else in the house, and Brandy told him that her husband was downstairs somewhere. They asked what his condition was, and in the only speck of emotion she showed during the entire call, she said, I don't know, I haven't talked to him. Brandy attributed her calm demeanor to having taken a lot of Benadryl and said that she'd already called her mom and that her mom should be at the house any second. Brandy's mom actually got to the house before the police did. When she got there, she ran to the kids' bedroom and found her two grandchildren dead on the floor and her guttural screams woke Jason up, who came running up the stairs to figure out what was going on. When he asked, Brandy simply said, now you can't take my children from me. It was at this point that WLKY reports the dispatcher knew this call wasn't some kind of sick joke. This had really happened and tears began to stream down his face. The police started entering the house from the side door and escorted Jason outside, but their radios were still on. The Journal and Courier reports that over those police radios, Jason learned the reality of what had happened. Over the radio, he heard an officer say, two deceased children in the house. Brandy was taken to the hospital and treated for her self-inflicted stab wound and the Benadryl she'd taken. She stayed there for a week, and when she was discharged, she was taken to the jail and charged with two counts of murder. I couldn't find anywhere that reported on the extent of her injuries, but in her mugshot, the stab wound to her neck was covered by a large band-aid. As Jason tried to cope with the loss of his two innocent children and the fact that they'd been killed by the wife he was too afraid to leave in fear of being kept from his children, the bills kept coming in, but working was the last thing on his mind while planning his son and daughter's funeral. His employer actually wound up putting together a GoFundMe account to help cover the costs associated with laying his children to rest and to help him with his living expenses in the process. YouTuber William DeFranco actually found out that Jason and the kids were huge fans of his and asked his combined over 1 million followers to help Jason out if they could, saying, as he supported us, I feel it's the least we can do to support him. They were able to raise more than $10,000. 
Nine days after Brandy killed Tyler and Charlie, Jason took to Reddit again. He was asking for advice about a GoFundMe, but not his own. He posted saying that his mother-in-law was trying to raise money for the family in another GoFundMe titled Funding for the Zells, Zell being Brandy's maiden name. However, Jason says that his mother-in-law told him that she intended to use this money to pay for Brandy's medical and legal expenses, and he wanted the fundraiser taken down. And eventually it was. When the residents of this tiny town caught wind of what had happened, everyone was shocked. WRTV interviewed people who lived close by, one of whom kept popsicles in the freezer for any time Tyler and Charlie walked by. They even talked to an employee at the local hardware store who remembered the kids coming in every day to get animal crackers. Everyone knew Brandy as this great mother and friend and just couldn't see her doing this. On November 29th, after admitting to the dispatcher that she had killed her children, Brandy actually pled not guilty to both murder charges. Jason waited for any news on what was going on with the trial, and while he was waiting, in March of 2017, his divorce to the woman who killed his children was officially finalized. It would take another three months before there was any movement in the proceedings, but in June of 2017, the Journal and Courier reports that Brandy's team filed a motion for an insanity defense, which meant she was going to have to argue that she didn't know right from wrong when she killed Tyler and Charlie. No one's entirely sure why she even went through the trouble, though, because about a week later, she was back in court and pleading guilty. On March 10th, 2018, Brandy had her sentencing hearing, and according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, when Jason was asked what sentence he wanted to see, he said that all he cared about was that he never saw Brandy again. The Journal and Courier reports that Brandy was asked twice if she wanted to say anything at her hearing, and both times, she said no. Brandy didn't apologize. She didn't ask for leniency. She had absolutely nothing to say for herself and simply existed in that courtroom. And while Brandy had nothing to say, the judge did. The outlet quotes him as saying, everyone wants an explanation for an unnatural event, a parent killing his or her children. Sometimes there is no explanation. Darkness is in this world and it penetrates minds and our hearts. Brandy was sentenced to 65 years for the murder of her three-year-old daughter, Charlie, and 55 years for the murder of her seven-year-old son, Tyler, which is a combined sentence of 120 years in prison. She is currently living in her forever home at Rockville Correctional Facility, where she will eat, sleep, and breathe every single day for the rest of her life. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. For all photos pertaining to this case, check out Charlie and Tyler's highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley, and join me there tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, where you go live with me and we talk about today's case. If you like your podcast ad-free, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, or for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. If you need more episodes in your life, for just $5 a month, you get a bonus episode on the first Monday of every month. All your episodes are ad-free, and you'll also receive a forever discount code for all Big Mad True Crime merch. And of course, anytime you sign up, you get instant access to all previous bonus episodes. I'll be bringing you a brand new case a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out. Nope. The following. But Jason and Brandy. Nope. Brandy didn't apologize. Apologize. Oh, gotta crack my back. It's hot in here. I have a cold. This fixed vapor rub is not working. I need a drink if I breathe too deep, I'm gonna cough. I feel like I sound like Darth Vader in some of this. <sighs> That's just all choppy and fucked up, sorry. Okay, thanks. Dun 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 That was good. I don't know. Good luck. Bye.